don't even know how to feel about the season-ending championship-defining Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, but we will certainly try to sort it out. It was filled with emotion, excitement, confusion, bitterness, elation. You name it, you could probably find somebody somewhere in the world who had that particular emotion. So whether you're a Max Verstappen fan or Lewis Hamilton fan or just a fan of Formula One in general with no dog in the championship fight, this Grand Prix will be remembered for a long time. We're going to get into all of this, all of the controversy here on the Overtake F1 podcast. This is our final race review of 2021, and it's a good Grand Prix to talk about. All right, congratulations first off to Max Verstappen and Red Bull, their champions, and unless some sort of a court of appeals overrules this outcome, he's the new king of Formula One. A season of 22 races, 10 wins, everything in between, from all of the hard racing, from all of the controversies that were going on within the season, Verstappen and Red Bull are the champs. How this race ended, however, just doesn't sit well with me, even though I love the fact that it ended under green flag with a one-lap shootout. So let's unpack this and how we got this final lap and get into the details of the race itself. All right, so when Nicholas Latifi crashed with five laps remaining, the safety car came out with Hamilton leading Verstappen in the race that he was going to win very big. It was, it was a 12-second lead when the yellow flag came out. He just had better pace. Verstappen at that moment decided to pit for soft tires, and while he did so, the lapped cars that were between him and Hamilton grew from three to five. That's going to be key. Now, Hamilton stayed out. Now, he asked if he should pit, and Mercedes said no. They didn't want to potentially lose position on the track to Verstappen in case the race did not turn green. Now, again, five lapped cars between the two drivers that needed to be unlapped while we were under yellow flag conditions. Mercedes explained to Hamilton that with four laps to go, it wasn't looking like there was going to be a restart of the race. They were going to need to unlap the cars, sort the order, then the safety car would come in on the following lap, and their calculations, it just didn't seem like there was going to be any green flag races and that the championship would be won under a yellow flag. Again, this is why strategically they didn't want to pit Hamilton. If they did and lost the position to Max, Verstappen would win the championship under the yellow if they did not go green flag racing. Now, they did have an opportunity to pit earlier when Antonio Giovinazzi called us, caused a safety car, but again, they didn't want to lose the position. Plus, while the marshals were working frantically to remove the Williams car, it was still going to take a little bit of time to clear the track of the debris. So that's what was going on in the Mercedes pit. They were trying to calculate whether or not there was going to be even a chance to go to green flag, and they figured it was very unlikely it was going to happen, given the rules as they knew it at the time. Now, with three laps to go, the message comes in from the FIA that the lap cars would not be passing the safety car. That left Verstappen on soft tires, five cars to get by, albeit the blue flags were going to be waving to get out of the way. But again, by the time he does, Lewis is long gone. He's not going to be able to catch him. So basically, that decision, when it comes down on the radio, pretty much wraps up the championship, barring some sort of tire failure or some sort of major mistake by Hamilton. That decision pretty much wraps it up, right? If we do go green flag racing, you've got too much, you know, too many cars to sort of get through. You will have it easy, but it's not going to be that easy. And by that time, you're not going to catch your rival. Verstappen says on the radio at that moment, oh, I'm not surprised, right? Classic. But here's the thing. At the time, there were only two schools of thought on this. One, 
finish under yellow with the lap cars going through, sorted out, and then the safety car exiting on the next lap, which would have simply ended the race, or two, go green and maybe just maybe hope for something to happen to catch Hamilton under racing conditions. Those were the only two options at that time. Or at least in their in every team's mind, those were the only two options. However, we got a third one, and it was one that is going to be remembered for a long time. On lap 57 of 58, a new message hits the team. The FIA is going to let the lapped cars go through. Only certain lapped cars go through. And then, oh, by the way, the safety car would end. It was going to result in a one-lap shootout for the championship. Lewis on the old hard tires, Verstappen on the fresh new soft tires, and there was going to be no cars between them to navigate through. And it comes so suddenly that I had a hard time processing what was happening before I knew it. Max was nudging his car right alongside Hamilton, getting ready to jump when the time was right. When the green flag waves, Hamilton had to hold off a hard charging Verstappen and Max took really little time to make his move right at turn five, sort of the hairpin. And Hamilton didn't have DRS down the straight that followed. Hamilton tried one last lunge on the the back straight into turn nine, but it was not to be. Max crossed the line and he was world champion. And then all of a sudden chaos ensues. There's a level of confusion to this. Toto Wolf is telling Michael Massey, this isn't right. Right. And, and, and for those of us at home watching, it really was confusing. What exactly happened here? Was this really allowed? Will Mercedes Peel? I mean, all of those questions immediately were starting to come to mind for a lot of us, rather than sort of enjoying what we saw and sort of realizing we have a new champion in Formula One. And this great battle that started in Bahrain back in March had been concluded, even though it was very controversial. All right, so let's answer some questions, or at least try to answer some questions that may have come up at the conclusion of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. One, and I think this is the big one, was this the right move by the FIA? I think this is really, really dicey because I think it comes down to two things and those two things have to be sorted out. And for you individually, I think you need to ask yourself what you really would have wanted to see, because I think there was only two ways to go about this, right? I mean, look, if they kept the lapped cars on the track, like they had originally stated championship over, if they had gone through the regular procedure of getting all the lapped cars overtaking the safety car to then catch up with the field on the back end of the lap. And then the safety car would go off on the next lap race would have been over under yellow. I don't think either one of them were really ideal, albeit fair under the way the rules everyone thought of at the time. I think Formula One and the FIA were under pressure to get a last lap run. That's okay. There was a way to do that. And that was to leave the lapped cars in between. But as you heard Christian Horner say to Michael Massey, why aren't we getting rid of these cars? We're supposed to get rid of these cars. And I think David Croft in the, in the Sky Sports broadcast booth made a good point about this. What did Red Bull want at that time? Did they want to get rid of the cars? Get rid of the cars. Then the safety, then by rule, the safety car has to go, will go off the next lap. Once those cars are done, passed and on the back of the field, then the next lap is when the safety, then race is over. It's under yellow. Do you want Verstappen under soft tires to at least have a fighting chance? Even if it's nearly impossible to catch Hamilton after you navigate around the blue flagged lapped cars that will get out of your way, but you still have to navigate around them anyway. So, 
at that moment, I think the FIA was thinking, look, the world is watching. We have a little bit of discretion here. There's a way that our race director can control this. It's controversial. We don't see it. Maybe nobody knows about it, but we can do this. And I think they wanted to do it to provide a show in their championship race one lap. Was it fair? Well, that's going to be the next question. Could they have just red flagged this thing? Now, if they had red flagged the race, they would have given Lewis Hamilton an opportunity to change tires. And then they would have sent everybody back out on the grid, you know, and then restarted the race, right? Formation lap, and then you know, get, get, a, get another lap in, final lap. But that seems a little extreme. The, the, the incident with Latifi didn't require a red flag to be waved. Now, think about Baku, for example. That flag, that race was red flagged when, when Verstappen hit the wall and there was debris everywhere, right? They felt like we have to red flag this because it's going to take a very, very long time to clean this up. It was debris all over that stretch. And, and so they knew that the calculations were, let's not run, finish this under yellow. Let's red flag that because we got a number of laps to go. Let's do that. This was a handful of laps and the track was clear. It wasn't a matter of waiting on the clearing of the track. That was the issue. It was figuring out the lapped cars situation, right? That was what was added. Could they have red flagged it earlier? Again, I just don't think this accident warranted a red flag. Could they have done it? Of course they could have done it. My God, they just did this for crying out loud. But it wasn't fair in a sense that Hamilton was, if you're going to say, let's have a one lap race, you're, you're basically saying we've made this decision knowing the circumstances, which is you are on old hard tires, your rival is on fresh soft tires, and too bad. Hold them off. Good luck. And I think that's where Mercedes was probably hurt because they really did not have a chance to pit. And that leads to the next question. Why didn't Hamilton pit for new tires? Well, as I mentioned earlier, he had a 12 second lead loss of time in the pits due to a safety car was 13 seconds. He would have lost the position to Verstappen had he gone in for the tires. He would have come out behind Verstappen. Now, imagine, imagine if he had come out behind Verstappen and that race finishes under yellow and Verstappen is crown champion. It would have been the most scrutinized decision in motorsports history. Right, because this, think about just before you put in what happened, think about what was going on at the time. It didn't look like the race was going to be run under green. There was just not enough laps. You had to get the safety car out on the next lap once you let the lap cars go through. I mean, there's so many things that made Mercedes believe this isn't going to happen. We're not going to get a green flag here, so let's not risk it. If we win under yellow, it may not look good, but we're going to win under yellow and we're going to be champions. So that's why Hamilton didn't pit. Now, I saw a number of people on social media say Hamilton had his chance. He really didn't have his chance. I'm sorry. He really didn't. Don't look at what don't play Monday morning quarterback here because that's easy to do. Right. He should have had fresh tires, but they didn't know it was going to go green in their calculations. And by honesty, a lot of people's calculations, including the announcers, myself, probably you at home, whereas. I don't think there's enough laps here based on what we knew was the procedure for getting lapped cars out of the way. All right. Here's another question. Why weren't all the lapped cars 
allowed to pass the safety car. Only five, the select five between Hamilton and Verstappen were allowed to pass and overtake the safety car. Again, I do think that this was the FIA going showtime, showtime. Green flag, one lap for the championship. Let's just get this done. Remember, they were they were announcing that as cars were sort of making their way through the final couple of turns, right? It wasn't really immediate because Verstappen had a chance to get and play a little bit there with the with the front near with Hamilton and whatnot. I mean, they kind of had a knowledge that it was going to go green um, further back. But in the end, I think they just didn't want to wait. I did not. I don't think they wanted to get all of the lapped cars and every lapped car through that field. I think they wanted, they knew it was coming up. It was his one shot to do it. They did it. They said the five cars, you go everybody else. And that's too bad because if you think about it for a second, if you're fighting the fifth car that was allowed to overtake for position, you didn't get a chance to do that. You had to stay where you were. And he got to go past the safety car and unlap himself. So it's kind of unfair for that particular driver, even though the world's attention were on the front two guys fight championship. But nevertheless, it's it's still not the most fairest way to go about it. But I think at that moment, the FIA just cared about who was going to win this race and who was going to win the championship. All right. Another question I have is: Should we kind should, as fans have access to the FIA radio that is goes on between teams? I, I don't think you always want to hear how the sausage is made, you know, to use a cliche. And I think in this situation, it kind of benefits in a way because we got to hear Toto Wolf say, no, no, Michael and Christian, you know, lobbying for his team and whatnot. And those are kind of interesting elements. I think that add a little spice to the broadcast, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think it's a great look for formula one. I mean, do you remember there's one point where Toto Wolf, was asking Michael Massey not to put out a safety car at one point in the race. Don't put out a safety. How can you say that to what is the point of a safety car? A safety car is out there for the safety of the drivers in a certain circumstance in the race. And Toto Wolf is saying, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just for our benefit, if you wouldn't just send out a safety car. Right. I mean, if you need to send out a safety car, you send out a safety car. You don't need to be pressured by a team whether you should send out a safety car. Because if you could do that, then don't call it a safety car. Call it a, we'll just slow this thing down for whatever reason we think about car. It's a safety car because you're putting the car out there because there's dangerous circumstances on a track. But that's the kind of emotion that we can hear. Now, some of it's good and some of it's not very good. Personally, I kind of thought it was interesting to hear Christian Horner and Toto Wolf state their cases. And I knew Toto was going to be really angry by the result of this, you know, because it's kind of neat to hear it. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily a good look for Formula One. Look at, think about the NFL, for example, for those of you in the States, think about the NFL. Do you want to listen to every single conversation that a coach has if he could have it with, let's say, the instant replay crew? Right? I mean, it would get kind of like, ah, oh, yeah. You know, it, it would give you a, a look inside something that maybe isn't all that appealing. Um, but at the same time, I do want to know necessarily how they're influencing these decisions. I mean, you, I almost feel for Michael Massey. I kind of don't, but I, but I kind of do. I mean, he's got to hear it all the time. Hey, Michael, this is Toto. Uh, uh, yes, Michael, this is Christian. I mean, all the time, all the way through the race. It's got to drive him absolutely crazy. The big final question on this, what kind of look is it for Formula One? Well, think about this for a second. There's two sides of this coin. One, man, it was thrilling. I was screaming the whole lap. It was probably the 
biggest, greatest ending to a motorsport event I've ever seen. For what was on the line, for how it came out, for how shocking it came out. Forget the rules, forget all of that stuff for just a split second. I was on the edge of my couch, up in the air, screaming. I was having a ball. And in sports, in the entertainment field, that's all I can ask for. Right? In the end, again, I, I don't have a dog in the fight, and I was absolutely captivated by this battle at the end between these two championship drivers. The FIA gave the world exactly what it wanted. How they did it is the second part of the coin. But the first part of the coin is all of you. And again, even if you're a Hamilton fan and you hated it, you have to admit the show was at least exciting. I know you don't like how it was what the end result was, but the show was exciting. But on the flip side, there's a feeling like something's not quite right about this. Something's not quite right. Now, Max Verstappen really deserved his championship. He, he was fantastic on an exponential level this season. And I, I will not be one to take this away. I will not be one to say there's an asterisk to this or it's going to be remembered differently. No, I absolutely do not buy that. And I think if any of you out there are, I think process this differently. But I do think the FIA, by changing what was the expectation of the rules, really didn't do them a, a service here. I mean, I was equating this on my radio show to if you, let's say you got to the Super Bowl and you had two outstanding teams, both went four, 14 and three. And at the end of it all, it comes down to team A getting the ball in the opening kickoff of overtime, driving down the field and kicking a field goal. Now, for those of you around the world who don't follow American football, if you kick a field goal in overtime, the other team gets a chance to respond to that. They can either score a touchdown to win it, or they can kick a field goal to tie it. Anything, if they come up short, they lose. If the opposing team, if the team that gets the ball in the opening kickoff of overtime scores a touchdown, the game is over. So let's say team A receives the ball in the opening kickoff in the overtime, and they get down the field and they're kicking a field goal. And team B thinks, great, if they kick it, we can respond. And they start devising strategy on how they were going to play their next possession to try to win the Super Bowl. And the out of nowhere, the NFL just chimes in and says, yes, this field goal is to win the Super Bowl. And the NFL team said, wait a minute, that's not how we've been playing all year. That's not the way it goes. We get the ball back. We held them to a field goal. We get the ball back in overtime. And the NFL said, no, actually, there is a clause in our rule book that allows us every now and then to make these kind of decisions based on certain circumstances. And we feel like this is necessary in this particular situation. That's what I feel went on here. That's how I feel this went down. That while you can find a sub rule that allows the race director his discretion on the safety car and, and to, to do exactly what they did, this wasn't the way we expected those circumstances to play out in a Formula One race. You let the lapped cars through. You go, the safety car leaves the next lap. And if it ends on yellow, it ends on yellow. But if it ends on yellow, the show, and I'm talking about the larger show from March to where we are in December, is somehow muddled. It's somehow lessened because 
to have a championship winner crawling across the line. And I use that term crawl because they're still going at a pretty good speed. Crawling across the line to celebrate a race win under yellow flags is not the ideal look for a sport that has seen incredible growth around the world, especially here in my home country of the United States. And the one thing I don't think you want to do, and I don't think this was on the minds of Michael Massey and the FIA. I'm not saying that they were processing the global audience and all the increase in, in interest and everything like that. I think what they were trying to do was, can we give the best show we possibly can here, even if we are all going to be going down in flames from a certain percentage of our fan base that is going to want to know what the hell happened. And I think... That's what went down here. So do I think this is a good look for Formula One? I don't think it is. I think to have everybody in the media sticking around for hours and hours while Mercedes team went in to talk, Red Bull team went in to talk, and we waited by a doorway to hear what the result was of the initial appeal by Mercedes. I don't think that's a good look for any sport. I don't care if it's the NBA. I don't care if it's cricket. I don't care if it's the NFL. I don't care what it is. If you're waiting around hours after the conclusion of a race and after the celebrations, after the fireworks, after everything that has come down and you're waiting for a decision in a room of people stating a case as to why they should be crowned the winner rather than the opposition who just got done celebrating, I don't think it's a good look for any sport. And if indeed at the recording of this podcast, Mercedes has filed an intent to appeal, they'll have 96 hours to decide whether they'll go through it as the, as of this recording, we do not know that decision, but if indeed they do go through it and it goes to an international court and somehow it is overturned and Hamilton is crowned the champion, I can tell you firsthand that is going to be damaging, especially for new fans. And if you're Liberty media, this is where you have to be careful. Sports try to stay away from scandals like this. Sports suspend if players are involved in scandals like this. Think about baseball, for example. Think about Pete Rose. Think about anybody else who's been caught in, in gambling situations, for example. The integrity of your sport matters. It matters a lot. And in this case, this sport bent its rule. I don't think it created a new one. There was a legitimate rule in the subtext of the rule book that said that this could have gone down, but it is not something that was expected. And I find it interesting that this all played out in real time. This all played out over five laps where decisions were altered that did affect or did a, in terms of strate a strategic play. Let's say Formula One, the FIA, knew that they, when Latifi crashed, they immediately said, hey guys, whatever we're going to do, however we're going to do this, one lap shootout, I don't care what it means we have to do. If we've got to red flag this thing, if we have to let lapped cars through and bring in the safety car immediately, whatever it is, but radio to the teams right now that we are going to end this thing under green. You do what you want with that information, but we're going to end this thing under green. Would that have changed anything? Would Hamilton have come in for fresh tires, try to beat Max on pace, even though Max may have taken over P1 with one lap to go? Maybe, maybe not. In the end, though, it concluded a 2021 season that is going to be remembered for a long time. It was a great season. It was a great season filled with a lot of great moments, controversial moments, everything that you want, right? Good, bad, ugly, all of that. 
Now, later down the road, a couple of weeks, probably after the holidays, we'll do our season review. We'll give you kind of our top 10 moments and superlatives and all of that. But right now, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is in the books. Max Verstappen is the winner for now. I know that's not a term people like to hear, but that's the way it is. Pending on whatever decision Mercedes makes on appeal, I hope it stands. I, I don't necessarily like or com was comfortable with the way it ended, but I am very, very okay with the champion of Formula One. All right, let's run down some of the other drivers and how they did. Uh, Carlos Sainz was on the podium finishing P3, and Yuki Sonoda, congratulations to him, a P4, his best finish in Formula One. Pierre Gasly, his teammate, uh, P5. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, his final run in a Mercedes was P6. Lando Norris, seventh. The teammates of Alpine, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, running eighth and ninth. Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari, running tenth. Again, the Ferrari drivers finishing in the top ten, earning some points. Outside of the points, Sebastian. Ashton Vettel finishing 11th, Daniel Ricciardo 12th, Lance Stroll 3rd, uh, Mick Schumacher finishing 14th, and then you got Sergio Perez. Uh, we got to get to Perez for a quick second. His defense of Lewis Hamilton was indeed classic. It was legend, as Max Verstappen put it. An unbelievable job. That was a six. It, it, it saved six seconds off of his time over Max Verstappen. That's how good of a defense Sergio Perez put on. Lewis Hamilton complained it was really dangerous driving. I might have had a minor point, but in the end, it was such a show and a, sh a masterclass in defensive driving. It was fantastic, but he did have to re retire his car during the final safety car laps. So he finishes 15. Uh, again, that secured the um, constructor's title for Mercedes. They were going to win that anyway, Nicholas Latifi, a DNF, probably the biggest DNF in the history of, of, of formula one, Antonio Giovinazzi, George Russell, and Kimi Raikkonen in his final race of his career was the first one out of this race. He did earn driver of the day. Thank you the fans around the world who made that happen. I would have voted Sergio Perez um, because I thought that was an amazing defense, but Kimmy deserves it. It was his final race. All right, as we conclude this podcast, I want to thank all of you from around the world who listened in. We had over 50 countries download this podcast in my first year doing it. I am so excited for number two and where we're going to be going. I am just so thankful that all of you decided of all the Formula One podcasts to listen, and maybe you listen to a bunch that you still chose to listen to what we're doing here. I hope to uh, revamp it a little bit more next season, get a few more interviews, a little bit more different segments. But at least for the first year, I was pretty happy with where this went. We are not quite done for the 2021 season. We'll do our year in review podcast, and then we'll also kind of have one where we do the uh, superlatives, if you will, top 10 moments, or and different type of things like that is just to kind of fill in the gaps between now and pre season testing in Barcelona in February. Thank you all for listening. Congratulations to Max Verstappen and Red Bull champions of the world. I'm Tony Desiri, and this is the Overtake F1 podcast. <laughs>